Welcome back to the Live, Learn, and Play podcast, where we like to talk about the people, places, and programs at Arkansas Children's. As champions for children, one of our goals is to make Arkansas the safest and healthiest place to be a child. And as children return to school, either virtually or in person, we want them to be prepared to do their best. On today's Live, Learn, and Play podcast, I'm joined by Marisha DiCarlo, Vice President of Community Engagement, Advocacy, and Health at Arkansas Children's, and by Hope Mullins, Director of our Injury Prevention Center here at Arkansas Children's. Welcome, ladies. Throughout our conversation today, we are going to reference two guides in particular, the Arkansas Ready to Learn Healthy School Guide and the Arkansas Ready to Learn Helping Students Cope Guide. They were both produced in partnership between Arkansas Children's, UAMS, the Department of Health, and the Department of Education. The guides can be found on the Department of Ed's website at dese.ade.arkansas.gov. These guides are helpful resources for educators and for families to reference as we navigate the start to a new and unusual school year. So, Marisha, we're going to start with you. You were involved in the planning and creation of these two guides. So why is it important for Arkansas Children's to partner in this type of resource, and what type of information can parents find? Well, you know, children are really at the center of everything we do here at Arkansas Children's. So if we're going to fulfill our mission of making children better today and healthier tomorrow, we find we often partner with other organizations to provide important services and resources. So Arkansas is preparing for a return to learning, and it was really important for us to help lend our expertise where we could. Arkansas Children's worked in conjunction with the Arkansas Department of Education, the Department of Health, and UAMS. The Healthy School Guide and the Helping Children Cope Guide can be found um, on the Department of Education website. The Healthy School Guide really lays out what we know now about the virus that causes COVID-19, recognizing, of course, that what we know changes all the time. And then there are some important recommendations for schools, educators, students, and families to help them be as safe as possible in an in-person school environment. We know that there is a certain amount of creativity that goes into how we practice some of these recommendations, but we wanted to to do our part to help um, put this information in one place where people can access it in an easy-to-understand, easy-to-read format. The Helping Students Cope Social-Emotional Supports for the Classroom Guide is a piece that's really written geared towards educators to help them as they start the year with students who may be coping with significant stress related to the COVID-19 pandemic. I will say, though, even though it's written in particular for educators, as parents, the information that you can find in that guide is incredibly helpful. I agree. As a parent, I have checked out both guides, and I think there's resources and tips that parents can start learning uh, and using for the next week as we return to school and beyond. Uh, Switching gears a little bit, Hope, if you could provide a simple safety checklist for parents, um, what are some things they need to know to have a successful year? kind of think about three areas uh, for safety. One would be getting to school safely. Another is safety at school and then safety at home. Um, So let's kind of first just talk about getting to school safely. So we want to think about a safe route to school for your child. So that's whether they're walking, riding their bike, or going by car. 
One thing all parents who are driving kids and, and other people who are going through school zones need to know that there are laws around school buses. If a school bus is stopped and has their sign out, you cannot pass it. We also have laws around distracted driving in a school zone, so no cell phone use. And you have to think the reason those laws are in place is because when we're around those, kids are around those um, areas. So we want to make sure families are being safe. We want to talk to our kids about how to appropriately cross the street when they get off the bus. We want them to exit and cross the street in front of the bus, but we want them to pause and look because if a driver is illegally passing around that bus, they're not going to see the student until it's too late. If your child is going to walk to school or ride a bike, practice the route with them. Uh, make sure that they're crossing at corners, that they're not darting out between cars and traffic. If you know they're walking to school and it's kind of twilight, that there is, is the route lit well enough so that your child can see. And one thing we have to um, help kids, younger kids understand is how to cross a road safely. Younger kids can't understand the distance and speed and how fast a car is coming towards them. So we want to teach them to look at the eyes of the driver because they can tell if a driver sees them. And so we want to help them learn how to look at other drivers on the road to make sure that they're crossing safely. Oh, and if riding in the cars, uh, we want to make sure everybody is buckled up and kids under the 13 are in the back seat. Safety at school, of course, right now includes mask wearing, hand hygiene, and social distancing. If your child hasn't been wearing a mask for hours on end, practice now. <laughs> we don't want the first day of school to be the first time they have to wear a mask for like six hours. Um, make sure that they know how to wash their hands, you know, front, back, fingers, thumbs, and wrists. And then um, social distancing. I recently had somebody who had their child hug another child who then tested positive for COVID. So having those conversations about, I know you're excited to see your friends and you want to hug them right now, unfortunately, it's not the time. And safety at home really includes internet and social media usage. If you haven't had conversations about how to navigate the internet safely, I'll give a great example. When my daughter was in third grade, the teacher sent home some homework. They were supposed to look up some stuff about popcorn. She left out the C. I think you could tell where that went. <laughs> Luckily, I was there and realized, oh, no, 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 don't hit enter yet. Those are the kinds of things that it never dawned on me to think about they could misspell something and then go down a, a very negative rabbit hole on the Internet. But the other things we want to uh, make sure about home safety is, you know, there's poisons and medications. Um, we've got waters in pools. So sometimes parents are distracted. Uh, working at home while their kids are at school. Their kids, you know, may not be having a full day virtually and so may be exploring things in the house. So we want to make sure families have really kind of looked around the home and put up anything that could be a risk for curious kids. Excellent. That, those were a lot of really good tips. I like the idea to practice with your child wearing the mask. And of course, it's going to be hard when they see their friends who they haven't seen in four or five months. They're tempted to hug them, but to practice maybe some safe social distance greetings. Uh, Marisha, going back a little bit, talking about the mental health, um, and again, referencing the Arkansas Ready to Learn Helping Students Cope. Um, if you could talk a little bit about the importance of the child's mental health during this time of transition. 
Sure. I want to reiterate that even though the guide is really written for educators, there are strategies in the guide that any family member may find helpful. So in particular, as a parent myself, I was struck by the section on building emotional safety. So children actually really thrive on and need predictability. And this is tough, right? Because we're in the middle of a really unpredictable time. And so what can we do to help our kids? We can help with routines and rituals. Those help children feel safe. It's always hard getting back into a school routine. We go through the, you know, earlier bedtime, less TV, all of those things when we get back into a school year usually. But this year, it may be even more important than usual for kids to have some kind of consistency. So daily routines, whether that's having family dinners or little rituals like saying I love you before they leave for school or even snuggling at night with a book are all important. Kids of all ages might need a bit more reassurance than usual right now. And there are also these new routines. I mean, Hope just talked about some of those. Kids are now getting used to, you know, hand washing maybe for longer than they usually have, even though it's the amount of time we've always recommended, you know, 20 seconds and and being very thorough with that. Practice at home, hand washing, wearing masks, that kind of thing, because the more that those become routines or rituals for children, the easier it's going to be in the long term, and the, and the more that it helps give them some level of consistency and predictability. I would say the other thing that really stands out is being as calm as you can as a caregiver. We know anxiety is contagious, and we are all facing uncertainty and stress, but helping keep ourselves calm to make kids feel safe is really important. So keep your tone of voice and your body language reassuring, and avoid too much exposure to media stories or adult conversations about stressful topics. It's okay, it's good, really, to talk to kids about what's happening, but in an age-appropriate way. And it's okay to be honest with an older kid that adults are struggling with issues as well, but your overall message still should be reassuring. I like the idea of being a model, setting that tone yourself and staying calm. I know as a mother, that's something I work on every day. So that is a a good reminder. Um, Hope, what would you add about the mental health? I know this is something that's important at the Injury Prevention Center. Think about transitions. Transitions are often a trigger for impacting mental health in children. And so this can be the transition back to school. It could be the transition from what a kid expected to be a normal school year into now a virtual school year. Um, So often transitions are um, a time of heightened stress and anxiety for kids. Um, So being aware of what the signs are. So going back to the Helping Students Cope Guide, there's got some great examples in there of what teachers and families should be looking for that are potential warning signs that your kid might be undergoing some mental health stress. Um, Some of these can include anger, temper tantrums, withdrawing, changes in sleep pattern, isolation. A lot of these are actually descriptors of depression. And a lot of times we think depression is sad. And in kids, depression sometimes frequently isn't sad. Depression is anger. Um, So if your child is exhibiting these, then um, these are things that we should think of as a parent of 
you know, maybe we need to be having conversations. Maybe we need to be seeking other help. Something we always did at dinner time was we asked, what was something that made you happy today? And what was something that made you sad? And these were great questions because just asking how did school go? You know, we get, meh, whatever, okay, it was good. You don't get a conversation, but when you ask, what's something that made you happy today? You're gonna get a rich conversation and our richest conversations came out of what made you sad. Um, because then you pick up on bullying, transition issues, my friend is going through this, but I don't know how, what to do about it. That helps your child engage in a conversation without really them knowing that you're trying to talk to them, you know, you're, that you're trying to engage with them is, is something good that your family can do. Mm, I like that idea, and that's something that you could start you know, when they're three or four and get them to start talking about their emotions. So I think that's a great idea. We uh, talked, or you touched about, touched on this a little bit about um, if a child is going to school virtually, how to keep them safe on the computer. Right. So you definitely want to talk about inter internet safety with them and develop an online safety plan before they start engaging in these activities. So this could be clear guidelines like I'm going to have access to all your social media accounts, um, setting time limits, teaching children how to spot red flags and helping them have open communication with you. I kind of already touched on supervising young children's use of the internet. Um, that includes periodically checking their profiles and posts keeping electronic devices open and in common areas of the home, and then looking at the apps and games and social media sites that they're using um, or they want to download. Look at it beforehand, and things you want to look at is the direct messaging features on these apps. Frequently, predators are using these games as a way to get to your kids, so you really want to kind of look at what's going on in the background of these games. You can adjust the private privacy settings and parental controls. Um, also have conversations with your kids about avoid sharing kind of personal information, videos, um, and photos in public forums because, again, that's where predators hang out. Um, and then you want to be alert to signs of potential signs of abuse. So this is changes in your, how your children's using their devices. Are they trying to hide and sneak off so you can't see what they're doing? You have to learn what's new on the horizon. And so if you haven't heard, um, spam accounts no longer refer to the spam that goes in your junk mail, the, the mail emails you don't want. Um, Finsta and spam and private accounts are language that preteens and teens are using. So these are accounts that are separate from their public account. These are ones that they're frequently sharing with a select group of friends where they can be their authentic self. So you have to think they're curating a certain profile online in their public account and this Finsta account or the private account is something that they're just sharing with a select group of friends, which can be good because sometimes it's a way for them to relieve stress. They can truly be themselves, but those accounts still lend themselves to bullying and the other issues that happen on um, the public accounts. And then you also want to start learning the language. It's, it's the secret language, and it changes frequently of what preteens and teens are using to have conversations that their parents, if they're checking their accounts, like my sister monitors her, she can see everything her daughter does on social media. But if my sister's not aware that talking about Pat 
might mean I'm paranoid or talking about Sam is self-harm. My friend Dan is really a code word for depression. Um, so you can go online and you can do a Google search to kind of get what are the keywords that young people are using nowadays. So one reoccurring theme I keep hearing is that you need to be involved with your child. You need to be having conversations um, on an ongoing basis to see what they're doing and see where they're hanging out and who they're talking to. Um, Marisha, we've talked about the resource guides that we have been part of, but what are some other resources that are available through Arkansas Children's? There are a few different opportunities that people have to engage with us and Arkansas Children's has a blog that has helpful tips on back to school topics and on mental health. You can also check out our website at archildrens.org. You know each community is really specific and so oftentimes there are local resources that really vary from place to place Um, but if I'm looking for good health information outside of of course Arkansas Children's, the Arkansas Department of Health and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have some really Um, great information. So that's cdc.gov and healthy.arkansas.gov. You know, when it comes to checking symptoms, Arkansas Children's has an app which has a symptom checker built into it, and it does include information about COVID, but then also some other things as well. As kiddos are getting back into learning, we want people to have those resources just at their fingertips. Marisha, as we return to school and we start learning here in Arkansas, what are some important things for families to know? So I'm really glad you asked. There are four really important things that we want to make sure families know. First, stay home if you have any signs of illness at all. Even if you think it's mild, what's mild for you might be really serious in someone else. Make sure to call your pediatrician or your primary care provider if you have questions or need help figuring out your specific situation. We want people to remember to wash your hands. You know, 20 seconds, what is it, hope, happy birthday, twice. (laughs) And so please, please um, teach your kiddos and practice washing your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. And then wear a mask the right way is over their nose and their mouth, Um, not masks that have, you know, exhalation valves, um, not masks that are um, some of the more popular ones, no gators. We want people to remember social distancing, which is now, now we're talking about a little bit more like physical distancing. We want to have that six-foot bubble around us. And for kids, you know, if they stretch out their arms like an airplane, that's a good way to start. If you can touch someone who's near you, then you're too close. We are definitely experiencing an unusual time right now. And so um, so we know that there will be creative solutions for every family. And it's important for people to know that Arkansas Children's is here for them. Excellent. And I know, uh, just real quick, we do want you to talk a little bit about the census and voter registration campaign that you are leading. You know, this is really important to us because we are advocates for children, and many children cannot be their own advocates. So we want to be a voice for kids, and there's two really easy ways to be a voice for kids. The first is through the census. You know, the census only happens every 10 years, and it's a way for us to be able to count children so that children count 
for the next 10 years, you know, what we what we log or what we count in Arkansas in terms of our kids helps determine what kinds of resources come back to Arkansas. Those are resources that come back to our schools, to our roads, to our to healthcare, to our state hospitals. I mean, they come back in so many different ways. And so if we are undercounted and our children aren't aren't part of those numbers as we report them, then then the important resources that we need for kids won't be here. Um, we have until the end of September as a state for all eligible households to complete their census. Um, It's really important when people complete the census that they count all the people that are living in their home and that's you know babies to um, our very oldest adults whoever is in your house is who you need to be counting. So that's why we're involved in the census and you know voter registration we don't have any particular politics or platform that we're pushing forward as a healthcare system. What we really want is for people who can be a voice for children to get registered to vote, educate yourself on the topics that um, that are important to you and to kids in the state, and then when the time comes, enact your right to vote. A lot of the places that traditionally have been available for people to go to to complete the census or to register to vote have not been um, available just because, you know, we're in the middle of uh, such an unusual time with this pandemic, and so people are still coming to Arkansas Children's. So we want to make sure that if they're there, they have that opportunity to fill out the census or to register for to vote and if they're visiting our website that they can link to a place to get that important information so that they can be a voice for children. Excellent. Thank you. Hope, how does the Injury Prevention Center serve families and children during the school year? We have specific topics that we address um, specifically around the school year. We I already talked about kind of safe routes to school But um, if you don't have a safe way to transport your child, that is something we can definitely help you assess um, your needs. We do a lot of work in high schools uh, around safe teen driving because motor vehicle crashes are the leading cause of death for teens. So during the school year, we were heavily working with the schools to address that topic. We also cover home safety topics for families. We will do presentations in the schools if they're asked to PTAs. We kind of go where the kids are, you know, learning and playing and living to give the information on whatever injury topic that families are interested in. Excellent. I think that's a good point. These are tips and advice that you give year round. It's not just during the school year. It's being safe at home. It's being safe um, at play. Yes. The Injury Prevention Center does so much. You have safety baby showers from the very beginning uh, to teen driving and beyond. So thank you for your insight today. And uh, thank you for sharing some tips for parents. Thank you for having us. What great insight and advice for the new school year and returning to school. I appreciate Marisha and Hope sharing their expertise and talking about what Arkansas Children's is doing to support families in the year ahead. We know it's going to be different and at times may be uncomfortable. As parents, you want your child to be healthy and do well in school, and you are not alone. The Arkansas Ready to Learn Healthy School Guide and the Arkansas Ready to Learn Helping Students Cope Guide that were produced in partnership between Arkansas Children's, UAMS, the Department of Health, and the Department of Education are available on the Department of Ed's website. Take a minute and check them out. There's helpful info about what to put in your child's backpack, healthy habits for home and school, and so much more. 
The Coping Guide focuses on social and emotional support for students during the pandemic, but the information is good for parents too. Again, our mission at Arkansas Children's is to champion children by making them better today and healthier tomorrow. Let's take the upcoming school year one day at a time and look out for one another. As always, wear your mask, wash your hands, and practice social distancing when you can. Also, please like and subscribe to the Live, Learn, and Play podcast and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening and take care.